My name is Yuri Lowenthal. My name is Travis Sintel. And you are awaited. Oh, so I forced you into no, it we're again. Getting I, forced good you into it. It. I feel like we're really getting yeah. good. Because what I like is the lingering look of hope in your eyes that I'm going to say it. You're going to say it. You're going to follow it. Come on. Just, yeah. give, just give me this one no, thing. No, I like it. I like now, it. Now, he had distress that he was Travis Sintel mm-hmm. because our guest today is also a Travis, which is going to make this so much easier. Because I can't Travis. fuck up your name. I just say Travis no matter what. Because Yuri has many Travises. It's true. Travi. I attract Travii, many Travii to my, to my, into my Can sphere. I say two I things about your name? Yes. Okay. Number one, you have the same problem my, my name has, which is that the first letter of your last name is the same as the last letter of your first name. Yes. Which means your name runs together, Travis Stevens. And when I was a kid, I had a lisp. The worst. Oh, the so worst. That's... So how would you so say you... your own name? Travis Stevens. The worst. I mean, the oh. absolute worst. Wow. It was you... awful. Yeah. You, were, you were just, you know, you, you and, and and being a being and a glasses. redhead and being a redhead. Oh yeah, you must have been just like the the kid in um in Music Man, yeah. the Gary the Gary Indian, which was Gary Ron, Ron, Howard. Ron yeah. Howard, Ron Howard, and in an early, yeah, uh, wow. And I, gra- I gravitated towards that movie as a Fifth child. Fifth, did you? Yes, yeah. I, with I the red thripe over the pants. With a red thripe down the pants, yes. right? Yeah, yeah. The uh, Think Fifth them. I love yeah, that. Yeah, no, that is one. Of, Music Man is top top five favorite musicals. It, it Maybe explains a lot three. of the anger issues that I have later in life <laughs> when you think about it. And thick glasses also. Yes, terrible situation. Coke bottles, absolutely. Uh, and Tra- secondly, I, yeah. I just wanted to say that Stevens is a far superior strong last name to Sintel. So I applaud you for that. So I started weak. But went with the strong, the strong ending, which is. Uh, I'll let my dad know. He's going to be in town this week. It's a great. No, tell him I said it's a great. That's right. Your dad's coming to town. He gets very few compliments. (laughs) Stevens is strong. Darren Stevens from Bewitched, I think, is the hallmark of that last name. Right. Right. But strong. Anyway. Yeah. Mad Max. Well, well, Travis Stevens. Let me just do a little brief introduction and let him add anything he wants to. Travis Stevens is a director. Uh, He and I have known each other since, uh, well, for a long time. For a long. Time, time immemorial. Time immemorial. We've uh, we've come up in this in this town together from when we both had pretty much first hit town. Um, he, uh, you know, notably for me, he directed uh, much of Shelf Life, oh. um, and is a key player in that on the production on all levels of that. And plug, why, one of the reasons why it's so good. Plug Shelf Life, please. So we've people never can mentioned find it. Shelf Life. No, but please plug it because it deserves to be. Uh, Shelf Life discovered. is a, is a web series. Um, that uh, that my wife and I uh, produced, came up with, and then you know brought brought the you and your team into uh, yeah, Travis in it, and it got exponentially better every time we we included you. Bigger, better. I'm Bigger, not sure. Better. Like yeah. I hate to qualify it. I can definitely quantify it though. You, you can. <laughs> Fifty fucking episodes, pretty much. Yeah. Uh, and uh, yeah, a couple of my favorite things that I ever got to do get to done. Uh, I know what you did last Thursday. Yeah, that was. Huge. Season four, I know what you did last Thursday. Huge. Yeah. Mara Marini uh, from Parks and Rec guest star. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. She's hilarious. Um, it was and it was a it was a huge learning thing for for all of us. But uh, basically, the pitch is it's Toy Story, but we say fuck a lot more. Oh, um, it's a live action Toy Story. <laughs> Dick and fart jokes. Dick and fart jokes. Um, all all the episodes except for the the final four are uh, are all available online. And if you really get excited and you want those final four. Um, you can get the DVD. It's really cheap, and it's totally worth it. It's got all sorts of added stuff. Um, so Travis directed that. Also, uh, Brian, some Brian Regan stuff recently. Brian Regan, Brian? Uh, Brian Regan recently, yeah. some other stuff. Been working, 
getting into the broadcast world. I won't start name dropping, but uh, right. fun, fun stuff. On top of uh, Topsy McGee, the uh, steampunk. Yes, on uh, Topsy. How could yes? Which is super great. Plug Topsy that McGee. one. Yeah, this is this is more. Yeah. They're both in it, but this is more Tara's. Tara's yeah, thing. Yeah, that yes. Tara had, had Tara Platt is Yuri's the, wife. Right. Just so have, we, have we never brought her well, up? I mean, I, not it enough seems, to I mean, make not not enough to assume people know that. I think. Okay. Okay. So Tara Platt is Yuri's wife. Yuri has married a woman named Tara Platt. Who, right, who, who somehow finds it in her heart to, to let me hole up in a cave with Travis Sintel uh, at least weekly and um, just talk about Mad Max, which there's love right there. She's a good woman. She is. But, but the, you directed she's also a thing. steampunk heroine in this, in this movie. And so I feel like this brings us all full circle to why you maybe asked me to come in the first place because we were sitting at the screening with George Miller there. We got to s s watch him speak ab ab about the movies that he's made in his lifetime. It was amazing, uh, right after the screening of, of uh, Fury Road. And he was talking about uh, the allegorical stories as opposed to just right. straight narrative. Love it. And, you know, what Yuri and I started talking about was yeah on, on the ride home because uh, I, I rode home with was you was and the you men just, yeah. and the women and uh, you know the representative I guess c images that that surrounded them yeah and uh, you know so much like Furiosa Tara is your mother figure <laughs> <laughs> okay fair enough that got fair, creepy fair enough. and I, I love it. <laughs> Just, I can already tell this is good. This is gonna go so well. Yeah. So let's just turn on Yuri and his marriage and talk about how he is being mothered by his wife. For this That's episode, really... we're gonna crack open Yuri's skull and peer inside it. And peer inside know. it and, and see exactly how close it is to the the, the storyline of Mad Max. So Travis and I prepared a list of questions for you and things God you want to talk it, about. You guys, I knew you would team up on me, gang up on me. Um, yeah, teaming um, up on you is entirely different. Yeah, podcast. yeah, no, that's that's a that's you know, but totally in line with our podcast. I know yeah. uh, we have to avoid all of that. <laughs> um, so uh, the way we've been handling guest episodes, uh, Travis, I'll call you. We're both Travis S, so I'll call you Travis, um, for lack of a better <laughs> yeah, word. Lack of a better right. This is how we all call each other Travis today. It'll oh, be, can I be Travis for a day? <laughs> yes, please. It'll be on the audience to figure out what. The yeah, hell's good going luck. On right, okay. go. Good luck. Um, the way we've had a couple guest episodes so far, and so far, um, by not producing them or directing them too much, we've gotten some really dope shit out of it. Which is that everyone has a different reason for liking the film and brings different things to the table. Um, Kaylin, my writing partner, discussed the conjunction of Mad Max and uh, Magic and Mike Magic XXL. Mike. That was yeah. his take on it. Uh, our friends, Glorious. our friends, Frangela, talked a lot about um, liberalism, uh, uh, water deprivation, and uh, politics, and uh, you know, women's issues in terms of Mad Max, which was dope. Right. Um, and so we just we're happy to be led by you in this conversation. If there's things that you particularly like or want to talk about, we're we're down to talk about anything. Or we can yeah. just start prodding about things we like about the movie. Right. And then because we've always there's no no shortage of yeah. that. Um, also, we, we, we segue all over the place. I don't ever feel like we have to stay on track on one thing. Sure, totally. Um, but but I'm, I'll, I'll, I'll open it by saying that a lot of the stuff that we were talking about on the way home made me think, I cannot wait to get you on the show. Oh, yeah, Because yeah, uh, you know. it's stuff that we've touched on here and there, but I, I would really love to delve into some more. So, so one of the things after I've watched a movie... Um, you know, I've tried to decide whether I like it. Because you and I have it's, seen it twice it's, it's, together. It's the simplest thing. Yeah. We've seen it twice together. I've seen it again a couple more times. Um, and I, I'll be honest, the first time I, I walked out of this movie, I made the mistake 
for the first showing to go see it in 3D. This is not a 3D movie, and Agreed. it was muddy and flat for supposedly being immersive, and I was like, I don't know that I enjoyed myself during uh -huh. that. Yeah, it was really interesting. Uh, went and saw it for my second viewing uh, with Yuri, because he was such a fan. He was like, this is the most amazing thing. I was like, okay, I got to get a second run. And saw it in 2D on a big screen with you know amazing sound, and I was like, Oh, yeah, oh, much, much, now much, I get much it. better. Interesting. Yeah. Um, and so I, then from there, I just kind of process. I just like to go for the ride. Ooh, fire and cars and <laughs> rock and roll. And that was amazing. And then after I process that on this pure boyish level, then I start thinking after like the third time I saw it about what it's about, especially after yeah. watching George Miller speak. Because yeah. he was you know, talking about what it's about, what it's not about, and, you know, look at the images and not necessarily the narrative. And I thought that was very interesting because, you know, I I personally really like to delve into uh, storytellers as kind of the mythological men around the fire, you yeah. know, from the old days that, 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 helped bring community and, and, and kind of social issues to the front and taught lessons to the younger people. I think yeah, storytelling do, is super primal. And yes. they do that for us mm -hmm. nowadays. Uh, and so I started thinking about that. And then, oddly enough, uh, I was thinking about Tom Hardy as I was taking a shower. Yeah, I, I get it, man. Listen, take a uh, I get it. Listen, okay. So, but I was thinking about the Max character and uh, how really pragmatic he was. And... Mm -hmm. and you know, there was this straight line, no nonsense take that he never veered from that was really amazing to me. So I'd love to unpack that today. I would love our, to talk about in, that. In our conversation. Yeah, we, had, yeah. we haven't spent a lot of time on this side of the performance aspects of Tom Hardy as Mad Max. And that's yeah. super interesting. I think. Well, for oh, me, yeah. you, you can backtrack. So, so I'll, I'll just kind of kick us off yeah. so, so we can backtrack. So everybody, it being Hollywood, I guess, uh, keys on the Max... Uh, Furiosa relationship, right? Mm -hmm. And will they or will they not get together, you know? And I know my, yep. my wife watched it, you know, and Charlie Cerrone, she's hot, and Tom Hardy is hot. Well, of course, you know, they're going to want to... You want to see them do it that, was, just because they're both so hot. It was never even an option. And mm -hmm. I got to tell you, when he walks away at the end, right? So they're getting lifted up into their uh, Garden of Eden esque place and we can yeah. talk about the imagery of of why they go back to the garden and, and where mm -hmm. they're all from that's fine and he turns around and walks away that to me is the most practical thing that he did in the entire movie because he knows he's been through uh road warrior he's been through thunderdome he knows exactly what's coming next and it's gonna be a shit show yeah it's a great point and yeah and when he says kind of see you later have fun with that he knows in his world and i would argue to find me something different his world sucks yeah and the reality is going to come crashing down over the feel-good story and eventually you're all going to die there's no happy ending there. there's no right. happy ending to that's this. tom hardy's decision too we found out that that was not that, that was not the for script. him to walk away at the end the it was script not he's supposed to go way. up yeah. with them 
And Tom Hardy was the one who was like, no, 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 no. Max doesn't do that. Amazing. Yeah. yeah. I completely right? agree with yeah, that. Yeah, he's right. Yeah. He's so right. And <laughs> but, I love, but I love that you're... Sorry, go ahead. No, I want to push on this a little bit because yeah. it's really interesting to me. And we haven't talked about it yet, which is that I think that that relationship between Max and Furiosa is very intentionally non-sexualized, the entire yep. film. Because in order to talk about a fall of the patriarchy, you have to have some, not just sexual equivalency between men and women, you have to have the ability to meet as equals, which means a non-loaded sexual encounter between different genders, right? So you have a, a fight scene, which we just watched last week, um, yeah. which was between uh, Max and Furiosa, where she kicks the fuck out of him with one arm and is in every way his physical equal, his fighting equal, for someone we've seen is, is complete badass. And I think the movie intentionally avoids any suggestion or hint of sexual tension between them. What you see is kindness, you see tenderness, you see respect, you see gentleness between these two characters. And I think that that is something the movie has to do to make its argument about falling patriarchy's rise of feminine, femininity and all those different things. Does that mm -hmm. seem... I, I, yeah, I think it seems fair, and, and you know we can use that fight as a touchstone because what you have in it is, uh, and I think again, you know Tom Hardy's straight line, complete touchstone is, is it pragmatic? Both of them are trying to win the fight. Absolutely, watching that fight, everybody makes the next logical choice of, if I were in it, and this is not Hollywood, this is what I would do. I oh, would I try it. to use the bolt cutters to take his fucking head off. Right. I'm um, trying to use the, 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 the hose, the nozzle of the hose, whatever was Whatever, closest, you yeah. know, un armed combat beats unarmed combat any day of the week, right? Yeah, and yeah. so if I have something, a rock or it's anything in my hand, I'm going to try to use it to brain you with. Yeah. You know, you know what? That just occurred to me. The classic move, and they're in the middle of a desert, so there's no excuse not to use the old throwing the sand in the face, yeah. is not used in this yeah, fight. Yeah, you're right. And maybe he thought about that, and he's like, oh, we see that every fucking time. Do you know what David Mitchell does? This is a little bit of a sidebar, but this is what makes him a really, and I think I brought it up on this podcast before, but David Mitchell is a writer, one of my favorite writers, and uh, uh, allegedly, when he goes through a final draft of his book, he every, every time there's a metaphor or a simile, he circles it and rates it on a scale of one to five. And five being never heard of it before, it's completely original, very good. One is derivative, uh, mm. everyone uses this. And then, and when he does that everything, that, everything that's a three or less, he doesn't replace, he cuts and doesn't use a similar metaphor there. And I wonder wow. if George Miller has a similar thing where looking through the storyboards, if it's something he's seen before or feels derivative or not of George Miller, what if he just cuts it well, and doesn't I, deal with it? I, well, I wonder if, you know, if they're sitting there and they're fighting and Listen, this is a fight f to the death. They are trying to kill each other, undoubtedly. Yeah. Yeah. And there's just the simple thing of a little sand in the eye is not going to end that fight. I have Tom Hardy coming at me to kill right. me. Yeah. Right? Yeah. right? Yeah. Do I think that he's just going, and he's charging at me. Yeah. Swinging some rich. sand yeah. in his eyes is going to stop anything? Right. Yeah. He's, right. He's, he's afraid train. He's not even, even going to pay attention to it. Yeah. He's going to crash through it and eat my face like a chimpanzee. <laughs> right. Yeah, totally. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, throwing sand in your eyes is bullshit. Yeah. And yeah. there's nothing else that's bullshit about that. Everything's scary. How and often it, do you see... Everything is lethal. And because, because it's sand and you can see where the wrench lands, you can see it's a real wrench being swung at real weight. Car door. Yeah. Yeah. Like, how often do you see that in films where you see, like, full extension, full exertion, actors really trying to kill each other? Like, there's something very yeah. visceral about that It was that kind scene. of terrifying. No, it's I, fucked up. Like, it's, and, like, oh, and, and Tom Hardy, I think, shit. said something about, or I remember in, in some interview or article somewhere, that they were really, 
they were really going at each other. That there was, you know, I'm, I'm sure there were stunt things in, in place and there was some rehearsal, but there was a lot of sort of free, free form. That's terrifying. Uh, let's let's go at each other and see what happens. Um, and and I, because I love one of the reasons I love getting a guest on this show is you know it changes things up a little bit. But everybody's got a, a, a different specialty, and I mm-hmm. like to I like to you know explore that. Um, for you, Travis, you 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 there is there is especially for you in hand to hand combat. Um, I, yes, I did some time in the army. I worked in our uh, combative school. Um, yeah, and, you, and know, you were you were, you were a teacher to, of. To, to, uh, I wouldn't call me a teacher. There okay, were definitely okay. more batter ass people mm-hmm. there, but I got to time to spend time with mm-hmm. like the Matt Larsons of the world. Look them up uh, and absorb um, right. a lot of stuff. And mm-hmm. you know, I was there for two years and got beat up every fucking day by really tough dudes and you start learning real quick what's bullshit and what's not you know and uh you know i can have my thumb in your eye and you can still be trying to kill me and it's not until i pull out my gun and shoot you in the head that you stop yeah that's a life or death fight you know like the whole kind of ninja i'm gonna thumb your eye thing it doesn't necessarily when people's blood are up and you're on that chimpanzee animal freight train yeah like you got to do something to stop them not to dissuade them or make them think twice but or blind them or blind them and it doesn't work you kill them you kill them with heavy blunt objects to the head (laughs) or firearms or whatever yeah yeah. and (laughs) this and 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 you you think this these fights feel practical to you or feel realistic oh yeah you know i mean listen i mean there's a little bit of stunt and everything that hollywood does because you're doing it for a camera and you're not you know not for the reels uh but there was something honestly visceral about what they put together i feel dramatically unequipped to speak to this but i i'd hoped that you'd answer that way because i feel that way in my young man heart but it's nice to hear, <laughs> it's nice to hear an expert sort of confirm yeah, that know, my young man heart was uh, was right. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was it was great. And and you know, uh, watching movies, I don't like to watch military movies because they're all usually full of shit. And I typically don't watch like fighting movies because they too are also kind of usually full of shit. And um, there's something joyous when you do find a filmmaker that taps into you know, that monkey brain when they're trying to do it. And uh, yeah, I, I felt it. I felt, yeah. I felt Charlie's throne when she was swinging that thing Fuck. at his head. Yeah. Holy Christ. I'm glad he died. Cause she would <laughs> yeah. taken She'd it off. Him. She'd yeah. killed him. She'd have killed him. Instantly. Yeah. <laughs> do you think a side note, do you think the Bourne movies are good fight scenes or do you, do you think they're unbelievable? Meh. You don't like them. Yeah. What are some movies okay. that you think are great? Fight yeah, scenes? What are some, because I imagine that, in when you're making a movie, there clearly you have you want something to look as as good as possible. Yeah. But fights in real life usually are quick mm-hmm. and ugly. Yeah. And but you've got it. But there is a, there's a certain ballet. I mean, you know, like um, you know when you're when you're watching any movie, you know, with 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 Chow Yun Fat, you know, like like all the old John Woo pictures, it's it's ballet. It's, yeah, it's you know cool. it's it's yeah. he makes he turns it into something that's not mm. real. Even but Tony Jaa and stuff is like a little down the chain, but still beautiful to right. watch. You know, right? What's the for you? What's the line the, of the the two the, the two most recent movies that I've watched and I was like, "Ooh, that was badass." Uh, Sicario. 
Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, technically and tactically proficient, we would call that. Um, <laughs> That's uh, like, can you imagine if a, a military guy did movie reviews? It'd be like, A, tactically proficient. Yeah. That's the whole review. <laughs> right, That's right. it. Okay, uh, next um, movie. <laughs> yeah, they had a, you know, I don't know, I haven't looked it up. I don't know who their technical advisor was, but um, they, it was spot on. It was great. Uh, and then uh, John Wick. Yeah, John oh, Wick. That's good. Cannot wait for the sequel. Love me some John Wick, and uh, I mean, again, it's a little bit kung fu-y. They do definitely do some stuff, but uh, just go YouTube. Uh, Keanu Reeves. Oh, on the do, range, doing I've that gun it. range thing. Yeah, he kills it, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, he puts his time in, and I gotta say that you know the actors and the stunt people that were involved in that movie, you know, put their time in, and uh, again. I get jazzed when I when I see it, you know, and you see it done right yeah. or see it done like really cool. Of course. And uh, yeah, there was a lot of really cool things in John Wick too. So yep. I was sad. That it, yep. I was sad that it didn't make enough buzz. That there was a chance that they might not make two, but you know, sounds like part two is coming enough out. Enough people like yeah, yeah they they already yeah. shot it. I think yeah. I think it's done. Yeah, people got really amped by that movie. I think. Yeah, it, 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 it found it its weird... audience eventually, yeah. right? It did. Yeah, yeah. It did. Yeah, for sure. And. And talk about, you know, like a like a, a return for Keanu Reeves as action hero. Yes. I mean, fuck it. Like, <laughs> there's no doubt when you yes. watch that movie. So, uh, Mad Max, John Wick. That's what this week's uh, this week's episode's about. Listen, right? <laughs> I like that. I, I Listen, I can feel my sperm count rising. Yeah. Just talking, Seriously, just who, talking about who would win films. in a fight? Who would win in a fight, John Wick or, uh, or Mad Max? Oh, that's a good question. Um, we should do artificial pairings of, of <laughs> right. non-superhero movie heroes. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, Mad Max v. John Wick. Oh. We'll do a poll that on would... our Twitter account. You guys can vote. Okay, right. Yeah, who would win in a fight? That'll be fun. Oh, that's always the best. Um, there was another conversation that came up. We can always come back to what we were discussing. Yeah. That's, that's, that's one rule that, that is not a rule we on ramble our show. We ramble is what we yeah. love, I'm loving this ramble. Okay, I'm yeah. loving right, this good, ramble. Good. Yeah. Um, there was something else that came up in uh, uh, that, that I, have, I have wanted to touch on as, as Travis and I have done this this show, but I've always wanted to wait for you to come in so we could, because, because this was a, a, a conversation that developed when we were in the car, and that is of... Um, of a, a religious, you know, when you're talking about um, allegories, mm-hmm. um, the religious allegories, uh, the obvious religious allegories, and it, it came from uh, us talking about how, you know, a lot of people have a problem with, oh, well, Max isn't, isn't the, the hero of his own movie. Remember, we had that conversation mm-hmm. in line before, you know, mm-hmm. before the, the movie, and, <clears throat> and it's true. George Miller has done this really interesting thing where he split the main character into three people because Nux has the emotional arc of the film. Right. Furiosa is the driving, like the, the, the lead character. Literally and, driving. Right, <laughs> the literally driving, yeah. exactly. Yeah. And, and Max is the, is, is the catalyst, he's the witness, witness you know, to, right. to, to, to all of this. Um, and, then that, and, then, and you said, well, yeah, well, it's the Holy Trinity. And it's literally the, the, you know, the, the, the father um, being, being Max, I think, in this case, or maybe, maybe Furiosa, and let's discuss this, you know, Who's who's the father? Is it is it Furious or is it Max? The son is clearly Nux. He's a boy. And right, Holy Ghost. Now I'm I'm Jewish, so I, you know I. <laughs> well, I mean, I would get away from like the Christian allegory. Like okay. I would get into um, something kind of a little bit a little bit broader, and I would actually throw a Morton Joe in there as the as the father that's okay. sitting at the top of his tower. Right, uh-huh. he's he has ownership of of the garden as it exists. And we have the Eden, mother, yeah. uh, uh, Furiosa, that is 
the main servant here to kind mm -hmm. of the the all father and then we have uh we have uh nux who is the uh the child byproduct of this right. of this system between the two right mm -hmm. and you know then we have uh max the observer that comes into this world and uh i would say he's not even a catalyst he is right very honestly an observer in what's going on and the only thing that he does of importance is come up with a plan to not cross the desert but to go back to go back to eden that, that's right. what mm -hmm. he does right? right and uh it's interesting to me when you um start thinking of those characters in those modes and then uh you start looking back through that lens at the action and then the narrative is the last thing and start judging the movie by that lens it becomes kind of interesting well what me. makes it good i think is that I, I i this would take more time than we have to do but i suspect strongly that because george and we do talk really fast um <laughs> and, that, and that's how their first three hour episode <laughs> happened yeah <laughs> Anyway, tune in next week. Um, the uh, I bet because it's an allegorical um, representation, as we heard Mr. Miller say himself, um, I do think that we can track through. There's also an argument to be made that Immortan Joe is is uh, is the God character and Furious is the Jesus character because she does his work for him on Earth. And he steps up above. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I what I'm saying is I I believe that if we tracked any of the the large metaphors in our culture. Um, through any of the characters. We could do it. I think we could do it. And that's what makes it exciting is that I don't think there's right answers in this situation. They're just robust allegorical characters that well, lend I mean, themselves I to mean, religious... I mean, if you look at what happens to Furiosa, mm. she's the one that has lost her left hand. Uh, uh, Balder, uh, uh, sure. um, yeah. Norse, Norse, Norse mythology. mythology. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, she's the one that ends up getting uh, stabbed and, and, mm -hmm. and gives the blood... You know, uh, well then, then Max actually gives up his blood, blood to, 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 to save to, her, to, yeah. to to pull her around, and then the mixing of those two, right, mm -hmm. uh, kind of helps create this this new world, um, and and the ultimate sacrifice for the success actually comes from Nux, right, mm -hmm. right, and uh, he demonstrates uh, the power of choice. Uh, in mm -hmm. that kind of final sacrifice, mm -hmm. right? right? And is it a sacrifice for him? I mean, listen, if he doesn't have anything to lose, I don't know. There's some argument of like, why wasn't it Max that same conversation in line? Right. Why wasn't it Max that wrecks the truck? Well, it that had saves? to be Nux. It had yeah. to be. Well, yeah. A, we've seen Max already do that, and this isn't Star right. Wars, right. so let's right. actually have something new start in this right. movie. Don't get me started. <laughs> right. Right. Don't, don't get me started. You've, you've, you've right. tapped you've, a vein. You've tapped not. a strong vein here. Uh, uh, but the second thing is, is you know, I mean. Nux is going to die. He's already, these are my... He's a half-life, yeah. yeah half -life these, horrible, these, yeah. these are my tumors. Here, meet right. them. And um, so why wouldn't it be Nux? He's got the least to lose. He knows, you know, he had his, his moments of happiness. He's had his two best moments in his entire, in his yeah. entire life have happened yeah. in the course of this movie. And he gets his good uh, death. Uh, uh, Morton Joe smiled at him and he was like happy about that, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And then like he got a girl to pay attention to him and then he was right. like, oh, this is even better. Right. Yeah. Girls are great. Girls are great. <laughs> and, you know, from there, 
he finally got his good death. Well, the thing is, right. all the I've got a lot, so much to unpack. This, this is really yeah. this is really good. I, I feel like one of the things that's that's uh, we've circled around is the idea that all the moves away from idolatry and religion are are spurred by individual connection. So there's this running argument that people, that you and I, and you and I, we matter as individuals and people, and sometimes the ideologies crumble when people start to become people and talk to each other. And I love the idea that what it takes to dismantle a patriarchal ideology that's been oppressing them for for decades is just simple human connection. And what what is the representation of that uh, that, uh, 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 idol? It's... The, the steering wheel, right? Oh, it's, yeah, sure. it's the oil-driven, you know, it's the money patriarchy that we're c- being crushed under right now. And oh, I think we'll it's into really this. interesting. Yeah. yeah, no, I totally that, agree. That that's the idol. That's, you know, that's what they're fighting yeah. against. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and the place that they're trying to get back to, their Garden of Eden, their paradise, is a place you can't drive a truck up into the garden tower. Uh-uh, There's yeah. no roads up right. there. Yeah. So right. whatever social construct that they come up with, and you know, I'm with Max, I think ultimately it's all gonna come crumbling down, but <laughs> it can't, it cannot revolve around oil. It can't revolve around cars. You know, there's no place to drive up there. That's an absolutely great point. Yeah. Um, Before I lose this one other thing, um, going back to our original point, or one of our first points about um, gender equality and Max and Furiosa, there is this sense that in in a a, uh, metaphorical sense in a movie like this, there would have to be some sort of union between the man and the woman to harmonize this disparate world that we've seen. And there is. He gives her his blood, and they do unionize, but it's not the way we expect it to be through sexual contact, saliva, or semen. He just gives her her blood. So they do have this union moment where they become one. Yeah, which is really important to the the unification of these two genders in this in this particular story, but done in a very very clever way that feels no pun intended very organic and set up and tracked throughout the movie. It's a yeah. beautiful thing I hadn't necessarily cued into. I mean, one of my favorite vampire shows. I'm not going to name names, Buffy, but <laughs> they say that it it always has to be blood. It always ends up being it blood. Always ends up being you blood. know. Yeah. yeah. And so I think I. Th- think it was great that it wasn't through their sexual union but through their blood union you know beautiful uh that they ended up kind of turning the corner yeah Yeah. and and it really and it really feels like you know it could be very it could wander into that oh they finally get together kind of thing and he fights it at at every level so that it's not that and it feels very organic with with max because max is never more uncomfortable than at the end when he's trying to express his feelings about that or do that or make any kind of connection. It is literally the hardest thing love that he does. Moment. He grunts in the, and fights And a lot it. of people make fun of that, you know, oh, of, of that moment of the, you know, where he's, he's remembering his name and like all that sort of comes back to him. You know, his humanity starts to come back in that moment mm-hmm. for him. You know, it, that's what makes that moment so powerful. I get I why people mock it. That is a beautiful sure. performance there. I sure. really think it's Agreed. really exquisitely Thousand done because percent. he's just fighting so hard to be a person again after because, being an animal because, for right. Yeah, because two that hours. doesn't that moment doesn't have to do with survive. He sets it up in the very beginning. He's like one instinct. Yeah, survive. Yeah, and then at the very end, that's not you. It's you can argue that now yeah, the instincts it's not connect. That. Yeah, yeah, and it's hard for him. Yeah. And it's kind of the only not survive thing that he does during the entire movie. No, the only Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because well, it, and then going back to the place. I mean, that's probably survival too because it's strategically smart. Right. But also, he could have gone off by himself, and he goes back true. with them. 
That's true. So that's a but little that, bit. But of that's a, the beginning of the change totally for right. him. Yeah. No. I, and that's I'm sure a he justifies moment. it in a different in a different way mm -hmm. for himself, maybe. Mm. Well, and then he's also got the. Uh, remember, he gets the the visions of the the girl leading him to, right. to go do that. Right. 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 Um, the, the um, vestiges of his humanity. There's something you wanted to talk about, Yuri, before, and I don't know if this is the proper time or uh, location for this, but uh, just speaking in terms of the Holy Trinity that you brought up, which I think is fucking dope and super awesome to talk about. Um, you had talked about this see no evil, hear no evil thing. Uh, was this from your conversation with Travis, or is this something else? Oh, God. Did I, I make you, this up? You, oh, no, I wish you had prepped it, because I'm trying to remember what it was. Sorry, that but, I, uh, but am, I, am I wrong on thinking this is something you guys talked about? Prob probably. We had touched on it, I think, in that car drive home. Uh, is, it worth, is it worth delving into, is my question. I, if I could remember exactly what the threat is, I'm sure, I'm sure it absolutely is. I was holding uh, on to it, because I remembered, I thought that was a connection with you, and I want to let you guys... Explore that if you if you so desire. See no evil, hear no evil. Because there's the bullet catcher, the bullet guy who gets his eyes blasted out, becomes right. a, a bastardized version of the freedom uh, statue right. with this you know the thing tied around his eyes, which is super cool. And right. then there's the guy. The, well, the Doof Warrior also is blind. Right. There's the blind saxophonist from Thunderdome. Right. If you want to track it back, well, let's not talk about Thunderdome. Let's talk uh, about it. No, uh, no, no, it's not. Well, here, let, let me lead into it while you think about okay. this in, in this way, which is that I believe and and. If you do it in a smart, intentional way, this works, which is just pulling from loaded symbology from our culture. We do have this hero's journey idea. We do have these shared stories and these shared metaphors that make sense to us on a visceral, primal level. And that if you pull from them in a way that doesn't seem haphazard or slapdash, you can get things that feel deep and are deep that also simultaneously resist interpretation. And I think that that's what this movie does is it just pulls symbols, whether it's from Norse, Christian, you know, Hindu yeah. mythology, we see them and we sort of, we sort of get it on a visceral level. It works. It, it pumps our gut and pumps our heart in a way that makes sense Even to if us. we don't Even if we don't cognitively. And, and I would argue yeah. that, that we can't. I think those things res resist clear interpretation, which is why they work for most people if you take a second to think about it. So I do think he, throughout the film, he's mm -hmm. pulling loaded symbols in a way that's not just, oh, you know what this looks like? It's this. Let's make it more similar. Or, you know what? This could be a metaphor for this. It feels careful. And I don't know how else, it's a, such a dumb way to say that sentence, and I don't know how to say it smarter, but it feels careful when I watch it. And, and not that it's chosen or explicitly represented, representative of something else, but it feels carefully chosen, and that's all I can sort of... What's, what's the symbol of the dude shooting fire out of the guitar? Oh, I know what that is. It's a symbol of fucking awesome. Badassery. Badassery and fucking legendary amazingness. Masculinity. It's fire, guitars, and a phallic I mean, we should handle. Do, we should do a whole episode on that guy. We should just, we should just talk about the Doof Warrior for, for like the, the, the three hours. Can I, can I listen, can we ask people from the movie to be on our podcast? Are we, are we at the point where we can just I ask don't them? see why not. There's got to be, some, you know what? I want to say, I think the, um, because uh, I, I ran into a, a friend of mine, he said, oh, I know the guy who played Slit in that movie. He used to be, he used to go see his plays at the Zephyr on Melrose. And yeah. like, he was, he was, you know, he was this, you know, this working, like struggling actor. And he, I'm happy to hear that he's, that this is what he's, but maybe I can try, I can track it back to, oh my God, if you to get, get in touch with that guy. Fucking is he American or Australian? He's American guy, I think. Can we please have him on? Uh, well, let's, you know what? Let's start seeking that out. Let's also see... He's one of our favorite I characters, legitimately. I know some podcasts get people in on Skype. Yeah. Um, this guy, like the Drinking Bros podcast. Shout yeah. out to Ross Patterson. Hey, uh, Ross. And the Drinking and Drinkin Bros. I don't know. Um, hey, Ross. But, but I know they all, the, all those guys Skype in because they don't live, uh, um, you know, t together. 
Kevin, in, in, in a, an amazing fraternity commune right. that we would all love Do Kevin to be and Bean of. record from different locations? Fuck Kevin and Bean. But don't they? Isn't that true? I don't know. I think they don't live in the same state. Now, I heard a rumor. This I know, is probably completely well, wrong. Well, I've got a really ghetto <laughs> setup here. We're recording into a Zoom recorder, you know. I mean, it's not good. It's, 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 actually, nice it's, actually, it's nice. actually a nice Zoom. But I don't know how I would connect a line in, like, from the Skype. Let's sidebar or, but let's, that. But yeah, that's a technical thing. Because <laughs> I'd love to start getting... I'd love to get Mark Sexton in from, you know, comp him in from London or, you know... Let's swing for the whoever. fences. I mean, Let's swing for yeah. the fences. Let's get a couple people let's in. Let's get Tom Hardy. Let's then, get then we'll go to Tom Hardy. Hardy. Yeah. Why not? All right. We can With our net, through our network, somebody knows Tom Hardy. I, knows I have a connection to Tom Hardy. Go big Great. or go home. Great. Yeah, but let's start with like, anyway, we'll start about that. But listen, listeners, if you know people who are involved in the movie in any capacity, we're interested in talking to them as this podcast develops. We're up to minute 36, I think. So we're about roughly a quarter of the way through our journey. Yeah, a little over. Of the the film itself, which we are supplementing with fantastic so far guest episodes. (laughs) Um, So yeah, if we can get some more people on from the film, that'd be great. Anyway. Sorry. That's the plug. I'm not sure where to fill it in from there, but I think that... uh, I, I do think that if to if if you you can get George Miller to come in here, I mean, I, I, I think that dude's cool enough to do it. He you know is what? cool enough to do yeah. it. I mean, he's got to be busy, but he could spend forty five minutes with us. Is it crazy to you guys? That yes, all of this is crazy. And <laughs> we're doing a podcast about, about one about movie. one movie every week is crazy <laughs> yeah, to me, and yet weird. completely sane. Go ahead. One of the most masculine, I masculine movies it's just cars and fighting and fire and and blood blood. um george miller is a gentle lovely fellow he really is and And, and looks great in a bow tie he looks in a bow tie yeah and that and his flowing white hair god he's got a mane he's got a beautiful ivory mane he has he, he could rock a cravat no doubt oh easily that dude um he's just he's so together and and i don't want to say soft spoken but like carefully and quietly spoken at, yeah. at least and he, he I mean I was thinking about in terms of that fight scene we talked about earlier that's a fucking bitchin' fight scene that you'd expect to see the guy who directed it be like a tough guy George yeah. Miller is the archetype of a tough male director I'd say in terms of the co- the, the quality Con- of the work, content the content he, does, he produces sure. yeah does it surprise you guys that he's kind of like just a normal dude, quiet yeah, guy? In an awesome way, yeah. yeah. I mean, and have you guys touched on who edited his movie? His yet? wife, Margaret Sixel, who had never... Yeah, we've talked about it. Briefly, yeah. Yeah, and she had never directed an action piece before. So, I mean, I, I think to kind of piggyback on your, on your statement, I, it is surprising to me because you do go with what you know a lot of times or you do have your kind of your personal interests and so you know when you have this husband wife team you know that turn out this this iconic movie that is so badassery that you guys break it down minute by minute um and never get through it all and never right? get through yeah. it all um to 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 wrap your head around the fact of, of where it's coming from, I think is really interesting because I get, I think it does speak about kind of organically, you know, who we are, you know, the possibilities of where we might be going, and I, and mm-hmm. I think that I think that those were the, I think that's the movie that George Miller wants us to talk about. I think he yeah. makes these movies of car crashes and you know blood and fire and yeah. and all that stuff, but he wants to talk about its place in the world yeah things and 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 why it represents the things it does and 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 where do women fit well Kaelin said this this very well I think I don't know if it was on on mic or off mic but he was talking about how 
George Miller isn't refining the story, he's refining the delivery mechanism of the story. I think, yeah, I think that's right. It was on, on yeah. mic. I think it's a really well said statement. Worth, and, worth repeating. Yeah, sure. yeah. Um, and I think that that's a really smart way of looking at this is that the delivery mechanism and the echoes and the, the images, as you're, you're very good about picking these things out of, of uh, recurring images from different films, he takes things that work and uses them to hone the delivery mechanism of different messages. I don't know what the, the message of Beyond Thunderdome was. <laughs> Beyond try to pick one plot for a film, I guess, right, is right. a message we could take right. away from that. Um, yeah. But Fury Road, we're unpacking a very clear central message along with supporting B narratives and C mm -hmm. narratives and D narratives. Um, but Mad Max and, and, and Fury Road, uh, sorry, Mad Max and um, Road Warrior have central themes yep. that have, and the reason I think we got confused in the first couple episodes of this podcast is that they feel like similar movies and we're trying to tease out exactly what that meant that they feel the same, and there's a, there's a big rig car chase, and there's a central car chase, and what does that mean? But I think we were coming to some sort of understanding that he's refining a delivery mechanism uh, about how he tells a story. Yeah. And then he picks the stories to tell in that world, and then tells the best story of, he can using that refined over decades delivery mechanism of storytelling. Yeah, and I, I completely agree. I can help you out with Thunderdome, though. Please. Oh yeah, Master Blaster runs Barger Town. Okay, oh, that's okay. right. That's yeah. right. That's, right. Right. that's well, you're well, right. Well, settled. Good point. No, settled. That's right. Yeah, it, it boils down to that. Great. 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 Yeah. Master Blaster Master runs Barger Town. <laughs> I I want to go back and revisit that movie at some no, point and see don't. if I do. I want to see if I understand it No, I yeah, God. I don't know who, I mean, listen, yeah. the editor of that movie and scriptwriter of that movie do not run Bartertown. <laughs> All I know is that, that fucking, no one's minding the story of Bartertown. I, I will tell you what, though, I, this discussion is making me even more excited to see what the next movie is going to be. Yeah. You know? Yeah, no, fair I enough. know I've, I've expressed some fears in that. Is it Greenlight? I think they're already, I, I don't know if they're, I don't know if they're actually, yeah, it, I think two and three he has said are, he's doing are a go. Yeah. Um, but. It's going to be in, I'm predicting now, it's going to be in this world. Uh, it, that's already in the created. same world that we just set up with Fury Road. Right. Not, okay. not the one from Thunderdome or, or, Fury, or, or whatever, um, Road Warrior. It's right. going to be this world because it's so robust and it's done. Yeah. And I hope it's a very, very different story. Me too. And I know I've expressed some fears in the past when we've discussed it that he took 20 years to make that movie and that's why, we're, we can, that's why it's so great. And I fear that you know, if this next movie comes out you know, three years from now, two years from now, whatever, I'm like, how could it be as good? But I have to say, I'm just as excited. I, like, it's... Can I say something? Because he set up the world. I hope, I really hope, and I doubt this will happen because of studio interference or whatever, I hope he abandons Warboys, Furiosa, all that. I hope it's a new Max story in the world involving yeah. none of the characters from this, this movie. That's, I think, the bold, smart move to do here. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be the, the, the best move. I don't know whether or not the studio will let him not involve Charlize Theron or whatever. I don't know if that sure. will happen. Sure. I, I can call my shot. I think they will abandon do you think they have the balls to do it? Yeah. I think they will. I love yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. I hope so. Uh, and I think that it will be a, uh, you know, given the world that he's set up, I think it will be a, a, a wandering in the desert allegory. Um, you I know, like what you're calling be, you right know, now. There's so much you could do with that. Like, again, like, like any good allegory, there's so much you could lay on that. You know, what, I mean, because, and, and it's, it's rich with, with, cultural, you know, I love this grounding. idea. I think you're nailing this right now. And so when I saw where he left it, 
and where where Tom Hardy left it, like he's not going back in. You know, he's right. he's going out. And and I personally think the setup is, if I were writing, if anybody wants to call me, if I were <laughs> a part of this movie, that that is the the next extension. And then we get to meet who Max Devil is, right? Yeah, right. That he meets in the yeah the long you know? dark night of the soul. The, yeah. yeah. In the in the desert. See, but whereas the studio version would be this, guys. Here, I'm, I'm pitching. I'm pitching this to you, oh, no. guys. You can't throw this out. You can't throw Furiosa. Everybody loves bald Furiosa. Everybody loves bald Charlize. Action figures. She's still alive, right. boys. Charlize Theron. <laughs> um, we've got it. You've got. You've got to. How do How do we work this back in? Well, we. Uh, well, the problem is, is you know, Max leaves at the. Oh, what if he was just going to the bathroom? <laughs> right. What if What well, if Max was just like, hey, I just got to take a leak. I'll, I'll be up in a second. We could turn him back around, and then they could all what they if, could start a family with I all the war boys. It could be like a Brady Bunch kind of uh, right. That'll happen. I, I haven't had a lot of conversations with net, network or, or execs on that level. Why do they all sound like they come from the Hudsucker Proxy? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's part, they make you take a linguistics class before you get a raise. It's just the way the the promotions work in the studio system. Um, I at at worst, I hope they just have the first five minutes involve those characters and they get away from them quickly. I, I had not at thought about it. At best, we don't see them at all. At yeah. best, we don't see them at all. I love what you said. I think it's super smart. I'm talking to Travis, not Yuri. Yuri's was also yeah. super smart. But I'm looking, <laughs> but I'm making let's, eye contact. Let's be honest. Let's be honest. But he's I'm making eye contact with Travis. I, I, I understand that this was directed at me. He's got his hand on my knee, but he's making contact, right. with, tra- I realize eye contact that, with Travis. I that pronouns in a room with three people don't make as much sense <laughs> as pronouns in a room with two people. Um, but no, I love that idea. I hope, I hope that that's what it is. That, that immediately appeals to me. I see all the options and availability for that. And that would be in a fucking amazing movie. So now that we've yeah. solved the, the we've sequel solved, right. to Mad Max Fury Road, uh, we can retire. Given, the, given those ideas away for free. Yeah, you guys take them, please. I mean, I, I, I love that, that, you know, that you thought past the end. You know, the, 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 the best movies will make you do that. And I love that you came to that conclusion that one of the, re- that the, the reason he walks away is he's like, this cannot end well. Yeah, I mean... It's not a happy ending it's for not. him. It's not. I mean, yeah. and if you take it out, okay, so... Because we have to get it. He's a pragmatic guy. So, so let's start with the water. So, what's their water delivery system right now? It's full Puppet. on, full off dumping from a hundred thousand feet <laughs> and crushing people to bloody death underneath. It's is very this a pragmatic? Is this a practical water delivery system? <laughs> no, because we don't know how deep this aquifer is. We don't know what's going on. So, so what's the practical effect? Okay, so we're going to have to get some sort of uh, trickle, trickle out thing going on, right? right? So that's great. Then what happens? We have already this kind of massing population, right? Does that population build? Are we now, because we're building that population, morally responsible for the development of the security and and feeding and care of that population? Because let's face it, people are pretty much fucking morons. And when we start getting into big monkey groups like that, we tend to like also just kind of shit like all over the place and, and hurt each other and yeah. also if you're max who's a good looking together pretty clean guy and you're standing in amongst those really dirty really broken really decrepit really diseased people you're probably like eh, i should get out of here yeah well but like because he's always gets put in the position of like now i gotta take care of you oh it's max that got to i gotta figure this out okay great yeah. you know now that here's something else i don't want this job and then like the second part because Okay, we already demonstrated that like they were able to dig out a ridiculous amount of rubble for the first time they collapsed the thing. Uh-huh. So Bullet Boys and the farmers, they they coming back, you know? Right. We in about have, 20 minutes. Yeah, they're going to try to take over. And yeah. so, you know, they know that 
you know, Morton Joe and all the Warboys bounced. Who, who's here? You know, Furiosa the and the Chicks. Yeah. Right. So once again, Max is like, yeah, one, two, three, not it. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. and not my job. I don't want this shit show. I don't right. want it. Yeah. You know, I've had it once. I've had it twice. I don't want it again. Like right. every time I feel like I won at the end, I didn't. Yeah. And, you know, you saw where this picked up at the beginning of this show. I haven't shaved in like... <laughs> right. I'm, eat, I'm, in eating I'm eating lizards. I'm eating lizards. Right. Shit sucks. I've gotten so good at eating lizards, I don't even need to, to look, look down <laughs> to like step with my boot. Like I'm a lizard killing motherfucker now. I eat so yeah. many lizards. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. so... Like, he's gonna have to find his interceptor. He's gonna have to. That's that's where he's going out into the desert. He's like, I'm gonna find that fucking car again. He's gonna rock it. So so you know, I I just think that like you know, you just look at the practical application of his decision matrix, and it's consistent and it works all the time. Is that my I gotta go beep? No, yeah, no, no that's, 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 my, that's my massive hard drive powering down. I think you have to say massive. Come on, bro. It's massive. massive. No, it's, it's massive. all about size of the. For the amount of money I spent on the hard drive is massive. Just uh, call it massive. Just okay, I'll listen. We'll say, call. Say, say it's a massive. You have it's a so huge. Big. So big. It's so big. I've never seen one that big. Weirdly shaped hard drive. Travis Stevens, what would you like to plug? Uh, um, on this uh, this podcast. On this podcast, just things you like to tell us about before we get yeah, into the anyway, whatever you got going that. on. That if, if there's anything you want to, I'm not a shameless person. I don't. I don't. Oh I shit! Don't, he just called know. me. Out. I'm totally shameless. I, I, I you realize we spent life. the first half of the episode plugging Yuri's projects. Yeah, you know. I mean, well, but, but shelf life was our project. That's <laughs> the joy of being uh, the one who's thing that you're doing right now like I'll plug the shit out of my own show on my show because I'm in charge. No, I don't know. Uh, you know, I don't, fair enough. Don't don't, don't, don't we're not trying to force you, you into. You know, I, I, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I got a couple things that I'm working on, but uh, you know, I think I would be blowing hot air. You have to come back when they come to fruition. Then fruition, keep, keep, keep you know, you can talk, for, right. you know, clickable Click. stuff uh, and see it. But uh, you know, we'll in the meantime, the, uh, go give uh, Shelf Life season four some love. There we go. Because, yeah. like, I feel like people start at the first episode when we were kind of trying to figure Find out what the game was yeah. and people don't get to like the really cool shit there at the end. Yeah. You know, with Brian Ink and Travis Willingham and the, we just get to do some cool things and like the guest stars there. Yeah. Mara and Amber Benson and man, we, yeah. we yeah. pulled Grant, out Grant Mahara. I mean, it's, it's all over the, it's, it's all, all over the map. Over the place. It's like season four shelf life. There, I'm going to plug that. Done. Plug that. Shelflifeseries.com uh, or just go to YouTube and, 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 you know, search Shelf Life. And when you see colorful superhero costumes, you know you've arrived at the right place. Follow Travis Stevens on Twitter. And giant dildos. Giant dildos. Uh, Trav the Butcher, if you want to look for me on that. Trav the Butcher on uh, Twitter. Or Butcherbird Studios. It's the name of my company. Butcherbirdstudios.com. You can find me there. Hire this motherfucker. He's so good at what he does. He makes so movies. You make movies, motherfucker. Uh, like movies, thanks motherfucker. for coming on, man. That was really, really interesting. This and, is fun. And, and super dope. And, and we went a new direction, as we always do with guest right? episodes. That's why I love having guests. This was guests. A, a direction I really particularly enjoyed, so thank you for being a part I of that. I won't tell Kalen you said that. Nah, he'll never listen to this. <laughs> right? Yeah. Never, not a chance. He stopped a while ago. We, did, we, did, we didn't mention Magic Mike uh, XXL like at all, except for just right now. Yeah, oh, twice. Twice. Okay, twice. Yeah. Okay, well, my name's Travis Sintel. My name's Travis Stevens. My name is Yuri Lowenthal, and you are awaited. <laughs>